Well, I'm Scott. And I'm Jeff. And uh, we're excited to talk to you yet again on our podcast, New Steeple. Same people. By the way, our steeple is finished. It looks really good. It, it does, doesn't it? It looks nice. It is uh, It is a little different than it was before. Um, and if you're ever in town, you need to just look us up. Black shutters. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice. It pops. I can't wait till we get the LED lights up oh, there, yeah, too. That, it's coming, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, well, today we wanted to talk a little bit more about something that, um, if you're if you're affiliated with the Churches of Christ, you might you might want to skip this because you probably already know all this. Uh, but if you aren't affiliated with the Churches of Christ, we just thought, hey, well, let's give you a little bit more insight into who we are, into who our faith tradition is, so that you'll kind of have a better idea as we continue on with this podcast. Yeah, you know, if you're somebody who just walks in off the street into our worship service on Sunday morning. It might be a little jarring if you're not knowing what to expect. So hope, hopefully this will give you some, some uh, clue you into some things that you can expect uh, and, and some things that Johnson Street is all about. Of course, when you say it might be jarring, it sounds really you know ominous, doesn't <laughs> it? We don't handle snakes yet. No. I have one at home. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does. Okay, so um, I grew up Baptist. Did you grow up? I Born and bred in the Church of Christ. Right. Okay. So I, I got affiliated with the Baptist um, Church whenever I was born, um, just kind of raised up into that into that tradition, and I got involved in the Church of Christ in the mid-90s. Um, it was a smaller group, uh, college-age students, and the thing that really attracted me to them was that they read the Bible in a way that, that I'd never really read it before, you know. And granted, it probably was just a pivotal time in my life, you know. Uh, but growing up, I had already, I'd always really looked at Scripture as more of, of, of a way to defend what it is I believed. And whenever I got involved in this group, they were reading it, and I started to see all of the human fingerprints in Scripture and the Gospels and, and how, how God really did use people to, to, to tell his story. Which was really kind of cool to me, and but you, I mean, I, I know growing up in the Church of Christ is that what you I was, experienced? I was going to say that's <laughs> that's pretty uh, impressive that you found that because you know I have a viewpoint of you know there's uh, Church of Christ sometimes has a reputation of of being like that you were talking about you know growing up in your your Baptist roots of you know this is what we believe and we're not going to change for anything and we know the word and we're going to defend it. Um, Almost to a, a harsh degree, you know. Right. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Because that lets me know that you know there's a lot of different faith traditions that that are doing their best to get it right. None of us are right about everything. Well, can you share with us a little bit about the background of the Church of Christ? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's one of the things that really got me involved and 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 drew me into this uh, this this particular. I'll say faith tradition because, you know, we're not really a denomination. Churches of Christ really started as a movement, didn't really start as a denomination. And that's one thing that really drew me to it because, um, you know, it was more of this attempt by these these founding church fathers in in America, really. This is one of the, the first purely American, uh, American religious movements, you know, Christian movements. But their goal was was to try to restore Christianity back to what it used to be back in the early early days 
right after Jesus had had a you know risen and and ascended, they wanted to to kind of get back to those early Christian roots. Did you grow up here in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And what was always really powerful to me is that it began as a, a movement of unity. They were trying to get everyone back together. Yeah, because there were several different uh, preachers from different faith backgrounds. You know, I think there was a Presbyterian, there was a Baptist. Uh, I don't know if there was Methodist, there may have been one. But but in that day, in the 1800s, uh, if you weren't part of a denomination, then you couldn't really participate with them in the sacraments. For example, baptism, um, I'm sorry, uh, communion. Uh, you couldn't really partake of communion with a particular faith tradition unless you were able to answer a few questions. So they almost had like this this heavy, this guard, you know, at the front who would ask you the questions. And if you got it right, he'd, you know, he'd say, okay, you can pass. You know, mm-hmm. I think in, in those early days, they actually gave you a token. And if you had the token, then that meant you could have communion because you answered the, quest- the questions correctly. So one of the founders... Um, can I add church bouncer to my job description? <laughs> you, you could. Church bouncer. I don't know if we still do that today. But he was, he was uh, one of these founding fathers or just the guy who really wanted to, 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 to change this, said, this is not right. You know, believers should be able to, to take communion together. We shouldn't have to go through a heavy, you know. And, and so they, they started to really think through what it is that they believed. And, and so it began really as a movement to, to take us back to this this idea that was in its purest form. You know, that's why today even there's no real central governing body of the Churches of Christ because it's not really a denomination. It's, it's more of a movement. So, so you have so many Churches of Christ, but, but they're all autonomous, which is kind of, kind of neat for me because that means that every church is able to be led by the Holy Spirit to do the things that they feel like they need to, to do. And, and so that also can come with some you know, frustrations too, because each Church of Christ can be a little different in the things that they believe or do. Right. And so what makes Johnson Street unique? What, what are some things that uh, somebody coming for the first time might expect to see or hear here? Well, it, we, we are Church of Christ, so one of the things that you see in most Churches of Christ these days, although it's changing, is the use of instrumental music. We don't, we don't use instrumental music in our worship service. So if you come on a Sunday morning... That worship hour, hour and a half, we won't have instruments. And the reason is, is because those early fathers wanted to to just go right back to the scriptures. There were so many creeds which you had to know to be involved and agree with to be involved in a particular faith tradition, whether it's Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, whatever it was. And he says, you know, we want our creed to be the Bible. So then what that means, they're going to look at the Bible and they're going to see what does the Bible say? And now... They use a, a certain type of way of looking at it that they'll say if if it's commanded, let's do it. If it's inferred, let's do it. Although inferences, you can make a lot of inferences about different things. So that doesn't always work out perfectly. Um, if, uh, if there's an example of it, we'll do it. And and so when it comes to worship in the New Testament, there's, there's really not a lot of anything about how they worshiped. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting for you, being our worship minister. You know, I'm sure you've had to develop an entire theology of worship 
around the whole scriptures. And, you know, the, the struggle with that sometimes can be, you know, that silence in there. Does that allow for freedom or does that, is that more, uh, you know, prohibitive? Prohib- exactly. Yeah. Is, is silence permissive or prohibitive? Some people will look at it and say, well, it doesn't say anything about it. We shouldn't do it. And some people will say, well, it doesn't say anything about it, so that doesn't, it doesn't matter. But either way, here at Johnson Street, we don't use them on that, that worship hour on Sunday mornings, right. but we don't view it as sinful. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Now, now, that's, again, this is our church. You know, a lot of churches of Christ may see it as sin uh, for, for one reason or another, you know. But, but here, we don't, we don't see it as sinful. In fact, we actually use it, uh, we use instrumental music in, in other venues. You know, we'll use it at, at youth events and at our campus center and even, even on some retreats that we do. But on that worship hour, we typically, you know, focus on non-instrumental worship, which, which probably, you know, in some instances is really a lot more beautiful and collective than a lot of others. I love it. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really neat. Yeah, I don't have any issues with it because I, nowhere in Scripture does it say it's sinful. Nowhere. Um, so that's just a particular way that they wanted to kind of go about it in those early foundings of this movement is to, to speak where the Bible speaks and to be silent or it's silent. Uh, one other thing that you might notice if you come here on a Sunday morning is that we share communion together uh, each and every Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. we have a communion moment where some you know, churches allow their preacher to preach longer than, than I can, right? Because they don't have communion to deal with every Sunday. No, our communion is, is, is a moment where we are just led to remember. We have a, a, someone kind of leading us in that moment, and they'll pray for us. And We have communion. We have a little bit of, of bread and juice, and, and that's something we, we do without fail. And so that's, that's another thing that, that you might notice whenever you come in. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, the thing that I love is that the, the churches of Christ uh, are in some ways, pretty progressive whenever you look at, 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 at how they view Scripture. And, and, and even me, going into the Church of Christ, I thought I had figured everything out. I thought I knew a lot. I, I met my wife, and she made me realize I didn't know as much as I thought I did because she grew up in the Church of Christ. And, and so one thing she would always ask me is, why do you believe that? So, so for me, to really have to go back to Scripture is... In a weird way, it's pretty progressive because a lot, of, a lot of beliefs today are more based on an argument someone has made. And we just kind of accept it and say, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And we have one or two scriptures that we kind of pin all of our reasoning on. And what, what we try to do is to say, no, we need to go to scripture. What does the Bible say? Which, oddly, is a pretty progressive thing to do today. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we started as this ecumenical movement, which was a, a movement on, in uh, unity. And, and so being, you know, theologically progressive, it's made us reevaluate what communion is. And back then, to say communion was, was not something that you should make necessarily close off. Uh, some, some churches practice open communion. Hey, we want everyone to experience this, you know. That's pretty progressive. Um, baptism back then. Alexander Campbell is one of the, the founders of this movement. And, and back then, baptism for children, baptizing infants, was a normal practice. 
uh, it was just, you know, something everybody did. But mm-hmm. he thought, you know, I don't know if I want my daughter to just have this done to her. I want her to choose it. And he looked at the scripture, and it doesn't really say anything in the scripture for or against it, you know, about little kids. So that was pretty progressive for him to be able to say that. Um, you know, baptism is important for us. That's one thing that we, we believe is, is essential. Now, essential is, is a word that could be problematic, you know. But if we look at what Jesus did and, and how, you know, we are supposed to model our life after Jesus, he, the fact that he got baptized to us makes baptism essential, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I know you probably grew up hearing it phrased a little differently than that, right? I mean, not necessarily. Um, I, I, there was a point, yes, where I, th- I think it was viewed more as, you know, this act is, you know, you can't get to heaven unless you do this. Um and so maybe that view of essential was a little bit different than right. just looking at it as this is something Jesus did, then I want to be like Jesus, so I want to do this to you. Right, and I grew up Baptist, and I was baptized at a, at a young age, and that, you know, even in my upbringing, it was something you just did. And I think for us, it's more of a given, something that you just do. Um, but even back then, the progressive side of it is that, is that you know, sprinkling was common. And to them, uh, to that group looking at baptism and realizing that, no, this is immersion. Uh, baptism, immersion, and sprinkling has kind of been one of these things throughout history. But, but to really look at, at really the word and, and to say, no, it needs to be, we need to have this full immersion here. That's pretty, that was pretty progressive back then in a lot of ways. Um, here's, here's, here's another thing that, that we believe that is interesting and maybe a little progressive we believe in the priesthood of all believers. You know, it says this in First Peter two, um, that that if you were a believer, then then we believe that that you are part of the royal priesthood, part part of this priesthood of God, which is not the same in every other faith tradition, and that's that's something that's uh, pretty progressive. Do you do you know the branches of the churches of Christ? The branches. Yeah, because you know the churches of Christ. The restoration movement has kind of divided a few times, like from the the Christian Church and yes, okay, yeah. So you'll see Christian Church and the Disciples of Christ look very similar. pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the, some of the main differences then? Well, I think so. In the Christian Church, you really it's just primarily instrumental music, maybe a few other things, but 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 that's kind of the main difference you know they they still have elders like we do uh, elders we have a, a group of about you know well it just depends on on the church size you know our our church here we have between 9 and 14 uh, elders who kind of act as the wisdom of the church you know they're very active and involved and and you know pastoring people and praying for them and and so christian church has the same thing but they primarily use instrumental Disciples of Christ are a little different. Um, some of them are called Christian churches, but they're disciples of Christ. So we have three of us, and we kind of throughout our last hundred plus years, we've kind of divided over a couple of 
key issues. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I kind of grew up with the, this notion or this um, idea that, and I never really heard it uh, spoken like this at our church, mm-hmm. uh, but there was always this you know, concept out there that churches of Christ think they're the only ones going to heaven. Is that, I mean, is that something we believe here at Johnson Street? Well, I'll just tell you that's something I believe growing up from my church, you know. Baptists believe that too. That, huh? <laughs> it wasn't so. just the Church of Christ. Right? It wasn't just Church of Christ. And I think that there's a lot of labels that we like to put on people. I, I put a lot of labels on different denominations because I knew exactly what was wrong with every one of them. You know, that's how arrogant I was. And it, it's funny because because you do start to look at other groups as if, you know, they are these labels. So Church of Christ, I'm like, oh, yeah, they believe they're the only ones going to heaven. Too bad they're, they're probably not going to end up there, you know. Um, Methodists, you know, we liked Methodists because they could dance. And I liked, you know, Episcopalians, there's nothing they didn't do. They were really cool to go to a party at the Episcopalian church, you know. That's what, you, that's what I thought as a high schooler, you know. Yeah. But I didn't know a lot about Churches of Christ other than, just they seemed odd because they didn't use instruments and they were a little smug. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I don't know if we'd be friends in high school. Probably so. But I don't think that that's, that's not really the case today. I don't, we, don't, we don't have that atmosphere here, which is, is one of the reasons I love this place. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned elders, and uh, that's one of the things I love about our, our eldership here is there's uh, really a diverse background with uh, where a lot of these men come from, and it brings a lot of different viewpoints and, right. and understanding, and and I really appreciate that about them. Yeah, we have we have a couple of guys who uh, were raised in the Baptist Church, a couple of guys who were raised in the Catholic Church, uh, a couple of guys who were you know born and bred in the Church of Christ, and and it really does offer a really neat perspective mm-hmm. in that regard. Well, we hope that this has been uh, informative to you. Uh, maybe as someone who doesn't know much about the Churches of Christ. Uh, if there's something that we didn't cover, or if you have any questions, uh, reach out to us. Feel free to uh, email us. We'll leave our contact info uh, down in the description. Uh, but just reach out and, and ask us questions if you have them. We'd love to, to get in contact with you. Yeah, we would love the conversation, and, and I'm sure there are things we haven't talked about. But, but this, I hope that this has been a brief overview of who we are so that it will help you as we continue our conversations on kind of getting inside this church and kind of what we do and why we do it. And come check us out. Join us on Sunday mornings uh, here at the building or online, uh, 10 a.m. every Sunday. Yeah, the music's great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And? Preaching's preaching's all right. There you go. All right, thank you. And then we're all very humble, by the way. Hey, thanks for uh, watching and uh, enjoy your day, and we'll see you next time. God bless.